This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. Jason Roundsville here, joined as always by my co-host Dylan Ray. And we have with us one of, uh, I'll call it a new friend. Uh, we just had a chance to meet at convention. Anyway, we have Eric Bethune with us today, one of our brand new certified world records. Eric, welcome, man. Thanks, buddy. Good to be here. Hey, we're excited to have you. So this was, th this was your first convention then? First convention, first panel, first, first rodeo. So, so, you know, that's just how you gonna how you gonna go to the next rodeo now? Because now, so people that don't know, <laughs> first, first rodeo, first first panel, first convention, you had what three animals at panel? Three animals, yep. Elk, two yeah. two elk, muskox, polar bear. So a polar bear, a muskox, both invited to panel. And a Tule elk that just happened to be crowned as the new world's record. Just so happened to be. Yep. Phenomenal year, man. Just it's just one of those lucky just Dylan, once in a lifetime things. No, it's Dylan, not I'm once in a lifetime. You, you killed three in it's two three years. Times. It's yeah, not that's once three. in a lifetime. That's just three right there. Oh, I, that's it. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be Dylan, tough to beat that season, but it's gonna be super fun to try. I, if I ever go to a new convention, I want to go in like Eric. Bam. Yeah. Just kick yeah. the door. You know, you know what's funny, Jay, is when I see him, I didn't know who he was. And it, we had messaged back and forth on Instagram and stuff. And but when I saw him, I didn't know who he was. I said, Good God, son. I said you could go bear hunting with a switch. And I don't, he, yeah, and, I don't and, fit the description. <laughs> and then later on, I figured out that he did in fact kill a polar bear with a stick bow and yeah. a muskox and a world record. I'm like, golly. So my statement wasn't too far off. Man. <laughs> That's cool. So, so which one of those three and well, and obviously you got a whole room behind you, but of those Come three on. were all last year, then last season, they were last year. And the, you know, they were not initially booked that way. I booked my muskox with, uh, with Americana back in, I want to say I booked it in 17 for 2020 and it wound up getting canceled three days before it was supposed to take off for COVID. Um, of course it got pushed off in 21. I just, you know, 22 was the first spot. Um, the polar bear just kind of fell in my lap. Um, and the Thule got booked in 19 for 22. So that was always, you know, where it was supposed to be, but, uh, 
yeah, just the way everything kind of came together was just, you know, about a six month period of me constantly being somewhere else and, you know, the backyard shooting and, you know, studying vital shots and that whole thing. And it was, uh, it was a crazy year to say the least, man, I guess, you know, a lot of people Sounds have like crazy it. years. I'd say that's crazy. Good. <laughs> yeah. That's a crazy good. And to be successful there, you know, it's not like I was purposely chasing a specific animal. These were all first animal to come in first day, just get it done. So it was uh, just, wow. just Dylan luck. and I, yeah. Dylan and I have that same exact philosophy <laughs> only where we hunt. The first thing to come in is always a fork and horn. Hey, you know what? I just, I like shooting. I like pulling the trigger. If I'm going to hunt, you know, a tool elk, I'm going to shoot a tool elk. if he comes in the first day, I just, I got to shoot. I, you know, I, I'm not to the point yet where I'm, I'm picky. Uh, you know, I just want to get the experience and get the animal. So, yeah, you know, it just worked out. It all came together. So what you know, are you shooting? What kind of bow? Um, so primarily I shoot, uh, actually I'm just getting the phase four tuned up right now, but primarily I'm on a Matthews. I just put the traverse down. Um, I shot it for, I want to say three or four years. It was just a workhorse. I that bow just fits perfect. Um, when I switch over to the, the trad stuff, I shoot at tall times. Uh, my buddy, uh, Mike got me on, him. I, was, I think it was the first bear camp I ever went to like back in 18. Um, and he wound up buying the company, you know, so it's, you know, it's not bad to, to shoot a bow where, you know, the buddy runs the shop. So, um, and they do the job for me. They're quick, they're quiet. They look good. You know, it just, it, it checks all the boxes. And plus I got his number, my, you know, I can just text him whatever and say, Hey man, what's this? And, you know, so that's, that's always good. Um, as far as arrows, I'm a black Eagle guy. Yeah. I'm uh, shooting carnivores out of the compound and, uh, the, uh, the vintage out of the recurve. Nice. Yeah. That's, you know, Jason, we, we talked about this with, uh, with Luke Brewster and how it just couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah. And after spending some time with Eric at convention, I can say the same thing. I'm like, man, he's just a good guy. Like I'm glad it happened to, to a guy that's just there to have fun and, and appreciates what happened. And, you know, just, enjoys it. And it, it, it was, it was a pleasure to get to meet you, man. And, uh, Absolutely. I couldn't be more stoked for you because it, it, it literally couldn't have happened to a better guy. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Cause I was walking around. I don't even remember what night it was. Cause I, I don't think I stopped from the time I got to Reno till the time I left. Oh, and, busy. and I was, I was rolling just outside the banquet hall. And I think you were taking pictures with some folks in front of that big Pope and young backdrop. And I'm like, man, that's right. so cool. That's somebody that's having fun and just enjoying life. It and was that, awesome. It was yeah, just for sure. It was a neat little snapshot to just, you know, be, be kind of outside looking in. That was kind of a cool deal. Absolutely. So three animals to, to panel, which is just so you know, that's a huge accomplishment. Like that's a lot of hunters <laughs> have, have hunted their whole life and never had anything invited to panel. So right. just to, just to have one is, is an honor to have three is, is way up there. So, um, I know just before we started recording, we were looking at your polar bear. Would you mind taking everybody back there to look at Not this at thing? All. Let me get you I guys flipped around. We'll, we'll take the tour. Yeah. Right. This is, uh, you know, so, like for me, I guess we'll, I, we'll spin them off right here at the muscat, the moose. This was, uh, I got him at Rick Bisher's place. Uh, that was, uh, day six of an eight day hunt. They'll walk you to death in that place, man. It's a moose hunt. It was, it was not easy. Let's see. We got the goat here. Got this at Dennis Zadra's place. That was a four day hunt. And we got the, we got the full Alaska experience on this one. The, you know, the wind, the cold, the rain, the whole thing. That's day four, this came mouth. together. Yeah. Jim beautiful Kelly mouth. sprinkles pixie dust on everything he touches. And anybody that says otherwise, I would disagree with. I mean, the detail, <laughs> you can't tell this from the, from look, maybe you can, He's just got a little bit of eh to his head. Not much, but just a little bit. But just that little bit gives him so much more character. It's stuff like that that makes Jim a complete wizard. I mean, other than the fact that, I mean, look at this cat's face. He's even he's even wow. got the you know, the detail on here with the with the little eh, every angle. You turn the lights off, his eyes glow. He brought the eyes in from Russia because apparently, as you trace around the Russia eyes, the glow stays with it. The ones from America don't. They probably got uranium in it or something. There you go. Yeah. Bison got it at South Dakota, um, Northern Plains, big chunkus, polar bear, Kanadi, cool. absolute home run on this thing. Scars on the face. I mean, they couldn't have got this better if they had the actual animal in front of them. It, the, so, the detail on this thing is, it's, I mean, it's world-class. 
It really is. So just so just, for, for those of you who can't see this, if you're just listening, A, we appreciate you being here, but he is showing us a polar bear mount. It's a replica of his polar bear. And they went right down like on the details, like they put scars and everything like that match his actual bear. It's really impressive. Yeah, now, what really number, amazing. what number was that? Was that number three? Um, with a compound, he's 24th. With the recurve, he's fourth. And it actually, it actually bumped Arthur Young and a, a record he held from 1926. Absolutely just phenomenal. It ties with like guys like Tom Miranda. I mean, wow. You know, that's pretty Art Young, Tom Miranda. That's pretty yeah. good company, I'd say. Uh, you know, for, for a kid from Harnett County, it's not too shabby. I'm telling you, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Do you think you want to see more specific on the mounts, or are we good? Uh, I just I, I like seeing it because for me, I know I love our polar bear, and, and my staff just does not appreciate that I ask him <laughs> to pack well, the polar even, bear and bring let me, it. To let me get the detail on this pad real quick if you guys can see it. I mean, even the pad just it has a hint of he got a little yeah. bit of dirt on there. I mean, just every little detail was covered on this thing. Nice, it looks Incredible. great. Yeah, that is awesome. It, it's yeah. I think uh, as and I've seen their stuff, and I think their polar bears are are some of their their better. Some of them are like, eh, you could tell it's not, but the polar bears look really good, and especially that one with the scars and everything on the face. It's that's a that's pretty spectacular. Yeah, everything was pretty solid. I mean, their whole thing. I got that thing back in less than seven months so it was not wow. not too shabby but i guess they wanted to make the tours with it so wow. you know kind of show them yeah. off a little bit so i got luck there now out That's of the cool. three obviously the tule would be the best trophy but out of the three which hunt was the or best? is it or is the tule like yeah. of the three which one do you consider the and that like your biggest hunt. trophy honestly i didn't you know going into the polar bear hunt i watched every video i read every thread and, you know, I assumed the dogs would have this guy kind of corralled pretty good so I could you know, not, you know, maneuver him with the recurve. And it did not shake out that way. The dogs didn't do anything. There was two dogs that paid attention to him. And that made it super sketchy because they were on the back side of him and we were on the opposite side of him. So there was really no buffer. And um, when he spun around and finally looked at us at 30 yards, he came straight at me. There was not a nanosecond of hesitation. I peeled off expecting to hear gunshots and he grabbed me and stopped me. I guess the dogs kind of chased him, you know, kind of triggered a chase response when he ran and it pulled him back over. And um, he basically grabbed me, and I, you know, I pulled back up and ran, got my recurve because I, you know, I dumped it, you know, first. I'm just getting the hell out of here. Um, and I ran up to where I thought I was going. Fight or quick. flight? Yeah, recurve just gone. So you know, I ran up to where I thought I was, you know, decent, you know, because he's got his attention on the dogs. I threw a quick range on him at 25 and just looped one into him, and I heart dropped. It was forward, and it almost got his arm. It looked like it hit his arm, and. Uh, maybe 50% penetration. I'm thinking it got all, you know, all in his, it's just his arm. Wind up getting the top of his heart and the bottom of his lungs, he went 40 yards and just dumped on his back. And that charge, I think the adrenaline shot from that charge, I didn't think right for days. Like even think about it now, it kind of sets the hair on me. And as far as, you know, being scared as an adult, it's not like when a man threatens you or like, you know, getting on a car wreck, like an animal's after you that doesn't give a damn about any rules. And it's just, yeah. I mean, I get shaking out just even, even thinking about it. It was, if I knew what I was getting into, but to begin with, it would have been a compound hunt for sure. For sure. Although now wow. you've done it with the recurve. Now. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. I couldn't do it again. I wouldn't do it. Again. <laughs> really? It was, it was on too much. It was too much. Yeah. Right. I would say that adrenaline rush because it was just, even now I'm getting like a little weird, just even thinking about being in this, in this situation. It's, it's different. How, it's different. How close did I, he I get guess to it's you? different for a reason. What's that? How close did he get to you when that, in that first, in that initial like jump towards you? I don't know. I mean, as soon as he looked at us, he literally lunged. And as soon as I saw him coming, I just peeled off. Um, the distance he covered while I had my back turn, I couldn't tell you, but it, I mean, I, you know, I was 30 yards at that point. So, I mean, if he bounded, if he bounded twice, he could have cut the distance to 15 yards pretty quickly. Wow. But it was, you know, in that situation, everything happened so fast. And, uh, 
Dude, that's uh, when you kick the outfitter. Those, we're out that's when you, three and a half hours on that. That's when you kick the outfitter in the knee before you start running. That way you can get away, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it would. I, it wouldn't have stopped him. It would have just been an extra swipe before he got to me and made another one. It was just, you know, the size yeah. of this animal. It looks like you're shooting an arrow at a civic. It is just a beast of an animal. And ah. Uh, I like when the, in your description, the part that gets me is you're like, I'm like, I'm out of here. Like, I turned around. I was going, I was expecting to hear gunshots. And then my outfitter grabs me and says, Hey man, put an arrow on that thing. So I, that yeah, it was, it's just, one of those things when you're that close to something, when you're that close, to something moving that fast and that pissed off, it's the decision to run is made. Instantly. Yeah. There's no, hesitation. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that, so would you consider the polar bear to be your, your biggest trophy, your most significant I would say so. trophy? Okay. I would say so. That's Absolutely. So cool. And it's just, and to have it done with a recurve, uh, that's a pretty short list as well. And at the time when I really didn't know, I just thought it would be a cool opportunity to, you know, to kind of take the recurve for a walk. And um, so to be in a, a group of guys on that list is kind of a, you know, to me, that's something. That's you know, I heard, I heard a statistic the other day and I, I have not fact checked it. So, but they say that I forget what the number was, but, but like 20 times more people have summited Everest than have shot a polar bear with a bow. Really? Yeah. And it was, I forget what the number was. Maybe it's 10, maybe it's two. I can't, but yeah, more people climb Mount Everest than shoot polar bears with bows. That's kind of cool. Wow. Yeah. What that is awesome, but no, congratulations. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was definitely one of those things that there, there's, there's no comparison to anything else I've ever done. Wow, ever. Yeah. So, how about now? Was the muskox the same trip or was that a different trip? The muskox was uh, in March, and uh, that was another interesting hunt. That was a uh, first day hunt. Um, I actually lost the coin flip on that one, uh, you know, the old first shot coin flip. And, uh, you know, the first group we see, my buddy Mike, uh, he was a gun hunter, so, you know, he was up to bat. There was only three in the group, and uh, one was a clear shooter, the other was, and, you know, just nothing I was really interested in. So, you know, it's it's one of those situations where, okay, he's going to take the, you know, the first good one, and, you know, tomorrow we'll just get after mine. Uh, so, you know, we make the plan. They, they go one way, we go the other. Here at Gunshotville, often one of the smaller ones kind of kicks. I'm like, what? No. no. Then he drops. I'm thinking, give me the recurve, let's go. And I don't know if he shot by mistake or if the guide got confused or what happened on the other side of the hill, but the smaller one got shot. He had everything I was looking for. I mean, his hide was perfect. You know, everything that I would read that I you know wanted to see, I was seeing it. So like, to me, it was like, it's the first day, but he's right here. And, uh, you know, put a bad shot on the begin with, I think it was because I was after him for 45 minutes doing this until I finally got the shot and I wanted to shoot low. Ironically, it was about the same place that shot went on the polar bear, which is why my heart dropped on that hunt. Um, anyhow, you wind up running out and I got a shot in him at 30 yards, and that one that one sealed the deal. Um, but the Arctic, there's something about hunting the Arctic. I've been on several, you know, several hunts, you know, Oregon, California, you know, stuff like that. But something about the Arctic is different. That it's one of the places like I've got to go back to. There's nothing like, there's just nothing like it. It's somebody said it was like uh scuba diving on the moon. And I think that's a that's an accurate description because it just feels so inhospitable. You just feel like you're right on the cusp of making a slight mistake that's going to have massive implications if it's not you know handled correctly. And it's uh, to be in that situation chasing critters, man. It's just it's not like sitting in a tree stand or you know hunting over water. It's it's like scuba diving on the moon. And I got to go back at some point. That's awesome. What do you want to hunt next time you go? You know, I think I could do a little bit better on the muskox, to be honest. You know, I, I just, uh, I really do. It's just, it's one of those things that, you know, there's so many up there and you've got so much time. If, you know, you've got some guys that want to ride you around looking for them, I think I could do a little bit better on it. And I'd love to go back. And uh, my guys, OJ, OJ and Randy, super good dudes, you know, they take you around. And we actually had some beluga whale with them. And uh, if you've never had beluga whale with a little bit of soy sauce, just raw, highly recommend. Huh. That's. You know, I was fishing actually off the Oregon coast years ago and we caught a bluefin tuna and the thing oh, yeah. was, it, it was small. It wasn't, you know, two feet long. Go out and, and right uh, there. Yeah. They, they literally, my buddy Dennis is like, where's the knife? And exactly. it's, it was 
Like it was still quivering. He's like, oh man, I just wish we had a little wasabi or something. For just that. a little salt on it. Oh, no, uh, uh, that's yeah. the good stuff for sure. That's, that was not for me, but yeah, that I've never had beluga whale. I'd probably try it or, uh, I'm not really adventurous in my eating, but a buddy of ours, uh, Rick Capoza, um, you talk to him and he travels all over the world, does these exotic trips and exotic hunts. And he talks about some of the things that he's tried. And some of them I think have been just downright nasty, but it's the experience of trying like, sure. in the local culture and trying it, I think is part of it. So, well, if I didn't have those spotty flights, you know, from Cambridge Bay to Yellowknife, I would have gone absolutely nuts on that stuff. You know, just the fact that I had, you know, I knew I was in those cargo planes, you know, <laughs> didn't want some beluga whale getting dicey on me. I would have absolutely gone nuts. You know, I just kind of limited <laughs> enough to where I knew I wanted more. Yeah. So, so, you know, once again, congratulations. Polar bear gets to panel. Thanks, man. Muskox gets to panel. Let's talk about this world record to Tell Let's us about this one. So, sorry, what? so where, where, now where, where's home for you, Eric? Knoxville, Virginia. Okay. So you're flying across the country yet again to go hunt some yeah. elk. So we went out to Sacramento. I booked in 2019 with, uh, with Richard Erickson. Uh, really, I mean, you know, looking for Thule guys, it was either him or Don Martin. Um, you know, when I got on the Richard stuff, you know, most of his stuff, his kills personally were bow, you know, bow kills. A lot of his clients had bow kills. Um, Blake Patton got his bull on the same property. Um, you know, just all those things kind of pushed me toward Richard a little bit more. You know, I felt like he kind of had a little bit better feel for what a bow hunter needed. Um, booked the hunt with him, got everything going. Uh, you know, time comes, fly out to Sacramento, make the drive up to Laytonville, which is absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know, spend the night there. Next morning, I wake up and get the Richard spot about 11 o'clock and, you know, do the normal, get the camp thing. You know, we shake gear out and shake hands and, you know, tune the bows and, you know, get gear shook out and all that good stuff. Um, get some lunch in us and we head over to the ranch, you know, we, we suit up like we're, you know, like we're going hunting, you know, I got a tag in my back pocket, but you know, really it's kind of a recon mission, uh, you know, get her and check out the lay of the land, get a feel for what's going on, you know, how they're moving, where they're coming from, where they're going. Um, you know, he actually sent us a video that morning of about a 280 class bull that was 30 yards off his porch, just trashing an apple tree. So it's, you know, it's oh. looking good. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm bugling just going completely bonkers eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, so, you know, we get out and we set a couple blinds up, you know, Richard's been hunting this piece of property for years. So, you know, it's exactly what they're up to. Um, and, you know, we kind of back off and just get under a shade tree and we're just kind of, you know, shooting the breeze and we're watching this little backdrop because the elk kind of retreat off to this, I guess it's like an Indian reservation or some Indian property that's behind the Amon Ranch. And they get up there in the middle of the day because it was, you know, 104. And, you know, they get up there to kind of get a little relief. There's more heat, there's some shade, but there's no water. Um, so they have to come back to the ranch. It's a pretty, it's a pretty legit setup. So we're sitting there and we don't even need binoculars. This thing's probably, you know, 250 yards away. And, uh, Richard's like, I got a bull, you know, I glance over and I immediately see the, the white whale tails. I mean, these things are opened up almost 180 degrees. It's like, that's solid. Let's do what the rest of them looks like. And the way he's coming down, you know, there was like a bank of, uh, of hay bales and the water tank. And Richard's like, okay, well, if he keeps coming down, he's going to come off this edge. And we're thinking if we book ass over there, you know, we can cut, cut corner to the edge of the L, wait for him to kind of come by and angle the shot on him. He's going to the water tank. So we make the move and we get up there. Of course, we've not seen him yet. We're treating him like he's the biggest thing in the world, which he turned out to be. And, um, you know, we get there, we set up, and he, you know, he kind of goes <laughs> quiet. He, he wound up going behind some trees and kind of angling back over. And I don't know what he got up to. You know, we kind of gave him five or 10 minutes and then, you know, Richard kind of threw a bugle at him. And he just immediately, he leads in with a chuckle. And then he bugles and he's raking stuff. Like I'm getting full experience. He's like right here. I'm seeing it shake. Like the whole thing's happening. And he finally starts to move over along the line, you know, basically to run parallel with the water tank. And then I catch a shot of his fronts. You know, they kind of came up nice. They had the nice basket. So his backs are good. His fronts are good. Now I just need to see the whole thing. Then Richard's like, look, he's going to make his way across this ridge and drop down that cut and come up parallel with the water tank. So he's going to walk straight to it. We need to book over there. So we take off and we're basically just the, the base of this huge oak tree and uh, sun setting behind us, you know, 10, 15 minutes go by. That's what it felt like. It was probably a minute and a half. And then I see him starting to step up. And as he comes up, each step just brings those tines kind of into the sunlight, you know, and it's just picturesque the way he looks. He's kind of got that lighter coat than like a Rocky does. 
And, you know, he walks to the road and he kind of gives me the left straight ahead and then, to, you know, to the right. And I'm seeing the whole thing. Of course, like I have no idea what I'm looking at because it's my first day. Yeah, he's, he was just giving me the whole show. I could literally feel the composure drain out of my body. There was no scenario that I could ever put myself in to prepare myself for the animal that showed up. You know, all the training was done. The shooting was done. The gear was on. You know, flights were booked. All the boxes were checked, except actually having a world record animal in front of me. So he proceeds to come in on a string to this water tank. And I'm talking to Richard. I'm thinking, I'm like, dude, this thing looks great. The well tails are there. His symmetry is good. I like his mask. The thirds are a little shy, but, you know, overall, this thing's checking off my boxes. Like, what do you think? Hey, Dylan. Crickets. Dylan, Crickets. am he I reading? Well, Eric, I got to say, Dylan, like, when you're hearing him tell this story, like, when, when a guy's talking about his world record elk, and he's like, oh, his thirds are a little short. Are you thinking, man, what a prick. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I'm, when I'm evaluating this bull, like I'm going through this checklist that I've put together in my head of, you know, of boxes that I've got to check to, to let a shot go. And I'm, you know, I'm just regurgitating all the things that I've heard YouTube guys say, you know, but you know, I'm asking Richard, I'm like, Richard, I'm like, is this the bull? What am I looking at? What was he saying? Richard's like, yes, it's the bull. Long pause, long pause. And then he finally's like, that's eh, mighty pretty bull. And I'm thinking, you know, he's right. And at this point, I don't care what he scores. I'm just going to put a shot on him. Draw the bow back. I shoot low by about a foot and a half. Grazes his brisket. He jumps up, has no idea what's going on. Bucks about three or four feet, stops. Same shot. Draw the bow back. This time I miss him completely. Completely just a whiff. He takes off again. This how time how far back. is this? How far? 62 yards. 62. 62-yard right. shot. Perfectly broadside. I mean, it's it's the shot you dream of, you know, on a on that elk. Completely blew it. Missed the second shot totally. Richard stops him with a you know a just his best attempt at a cow call. I aim, you know, I had my bow dialed to sixty two. I need to touch on that third one, and I can remember drawing it back, thinking, you know what? There's a big dollar sign on this arrow, and you better not screw it up because you won't get another one. And I, you know, I wound up getting them basically top of the heart on that one too. He went maybe sixty yards. And and that was it. I basically I've almost shook Richard to death when he hit the ground. I just couldn't believe it. And uh, you know, we walked up to him, and Richard's kind of a quiet guy. And uh, you know, he looks at him for a minute. He's like, "I got to tell you, man." He's like, "I think he might be a new world record." And it's like dealing with Richard over the, cor- the cor- you know the course of a couple of years. I know him kind of well enough through conversation to know he wouldn't say something like that without it being a legitimate possibility. I just got I just got a low battery. Sorry. Unless it was like a legitimate, you know, a legitimate thing. And it's like, wow. And, you know, that's when it kind of, it all kind of comes together. It's like, this is, this is nuts. And, you know, of course, the first few people people I send pictures to are like, that's a monstrous bull, you know, mid 330s. And, you know, that's, that's where he wanted to be. And it was, uh, I remember Zach calling me up, telling me the final score. And it was, uh, it's just, it's hard to kind of get your head around somebody, especially I, you know, I consider myself a very novice bow hunter. So to have something like this happen, it's just a uh, line in a bottle, man. I just, I, I just there's no really words to explain, you know, how it feels, man. I'll tell you what, what, one thing I'm sitting here, I'm like, I don't ever want to go hunting with Eric because dude, I would never see something that's good enough for him to let me shoot. I you know, he started a world record going, ah, thirds are a little short. I'm like, imagine, yeah, imagine look at this stuff that we shoot, Dylan. He'd be like, yeah. no, let's see. Yeah, third, first are short. The seconds are short. It doesn't I mean, matter. There, no yeah. there are no thirds. There are no thirds. So, no, that's, yeah. And I, I'd yeah. probably tell that story just a smidge different. Because, like, you know, where your guide was kind of calm under pressure. And like, ah, that's, that's a good ball. You're like, you know, if I'd, if I'd have missed a shot or two, I'd have literally said, no, he was shaking me. telling me it was a world record. And that, yeah, and there was, there's really no, there's no way to church it up, man. I just, I literally just, I couldn't handle the pressure of a, of a world record animal. And it came apart and it's just, it was part of the nerves of just, I guess, being a, a more rookie bow hunter, I, you know? Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it stuff like it that just, shakes anybody. It's just, yeah. and I, normally I shoot pretty well. I normally hit what I'm shooting at. And you know, this situation was different and you know, I just, yeah. I, was not up for it that day, but it worked. That is, man, I'm glad it worked out because now we get, sure. we have something to talk about. That's so cool. Absolutely. Now, and so that was day one of that hunt. All my hunts, all the hunts were, were day one hunts. 
for that for that period. Uh, well, the wow. polar bear, I kind of camped out in the tent for two days, but when we actually got to hunting polar bears, we had the tent for three and a half hours. So all my hunts were were first day hunts. Okay, I take it back. I do want to hunt with Eric. <laughs> it's actually lucky, man. There's no, there's no. I'm not good enough to have this happen on purpose. Yeah, that's like you know, I'll hunt with Eric because he's, you know, obviously he's pretty good, but he's also lucky. It sounds like. And that lucky, so, I'll take it every day. I'll take it every yeah. day of the week. It's kind of like uh, it'd be like hunting with Jim Willems. Jim, Jim, what he passes, Dylan and I would like <laughs> yeah. crawl over somebody to get. You know, it's like, ah, oh, no, that's only a one seventy five white tail. I, I don't want it. <laughs> we'll take it. No thanks. <laughs> we'll take it all day. Yeah, open, we'll put the, we're putting the luck to the test here in about three weeks. I'm heading up to Jonah's place for brown bear, so that's going to be uh nice that's gonna be a good one i booked that one back in 2022 so that's been a, a while coming yeah he's got a lot of animals in the books so there's yes uh, he does and he's been about 100 percent for the last three or four years so really looking forward to it. he's got me in the ground blind because i'm uh scared of heights so i can't sit in a tree stand up there but um he's got me in the ground blind so that's good because i really want to you know have the room to get the recurve back and all that stuff so um taking the compound but i really want it to happen with the recurve because if i could get three of the four with the recurve that would just be a wow. huge feather in that so yeah now when you get so there are you, are you gonna put a little pressure on just say hey you know just i mean no pressure or because because he can handle it or you you wouldn't do it but anyway just no pressure but you know gosh my last three animals got invited to the pope and young panel yeah <laughs> <laughs> just just no in case pressure uh, yeah, yeah no pressure i've got some standards we need to uphold those keep yeah. the lifestyle to which i will become accustomed <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Eric, I just being, uh, being on this kind of recurve journey, what have you found to be the best animal to hunt with a recurve? Well, bears are fun, obviously. I mean, the black bear, I got a black bear a uh, couple months after the uh, the polar bear. Black and, bears uh, are made for recurves, in my They opinion. really are, man. It's just so fun. And even this one, like, he can't use a big bear. I mean, they don't have scales up there, but he was, you know, he squared out a 7-2, almost a 21-inch skull, and he came in like a linebacker. You know, just doing that, you know, posturing thing and huffing and, you know, running all the other bears off, you know, you know, eventually he's going to give you a shot, but it's just watching them and they're just, they're going to come to the bait. They're, you know, they offer a good target and it's just, uh, they're fun animals to hunt plus they're predators, you know, so it adds a little bit of danger, you know, an element of danger to hunt. So they're a lot of fun. Honestly, I'm not hunting enough with a recurve to really, to really know. I chased, uh, I chased two whitetail last year with a recurve, never pulled the string back and it was the best season I've had to date. Um, you know, normally I've been hunting this park program in Fairfax because trying to get permission around here is borderline impossible. So I was hunting, a, you know, a, a Fairfax County Park program, basically like a deer management program. And when I was in there, I considered myself for my first few years an exterminator. Um, for one, I just wanted to get all the practice I could with live animals. And plus, I wanted to, you know, kind of show these guys that I was serious enough to come back next year because it's the only place I had to hunt. So that's really where I learned how to do what I'm, you know, the bow hunting thing. Um, but once I started playing with the recurve and seeing how challenging it is, it's like, man, that takes something that's already fun and it just adds another element of challenge to it. So for me, it's, it really just ratchets it up a whole lot more. And it's, you know, it's just such a, it's more of an intimate experience when you're that close to something. And yeah. uh, to me, that's hunting, man. It's so much fun. How long have you been bowing? I started in 17. It was my first year. Dang. What got you into it? Uh, well, you know, I grew up in North Carolina, man, you know, follow my dad around the woods and, you know, just, I still have that wonderment in the woods that I had when I was a kid, you know, whether it be finding that salamander or catching that bullfrog you were after, you know, I still find that in the woods, but now it's, you know, instead of salamanders and bullfrogs, it's, you know, it's polar bears and elk. And it's just, you know, it's still so much fun to get out there and just chase stuff. And, uh, you know, I'll stop when that goes away, but until then, you know, it's, it's going to be something I'm going to be doing, but the recurve just, it adds so much more to it. It's just so much, it's harder. You know, when that opportunity does come, it's just, I don't know. I, I can't wait to take this thing to the deer woods this year and try to get them again. And if I don't, it's just going to be another year. I don't, but it's just, you know, the cat and mouse I had this year, there's a lot more cat than there was mouse, but um, you know, it was so much fun. Never drew the string back, never had an opportunity, but every time I was there, you know, it could happen, but you know, we'll see more of that this year. But that's really how I got to the recurve stuff. Now, now, was there an inspiration? Did you have somebody that you hunt with or that you know that was like, man, you ought to try a recurve? Or did you just find it on your own? 
Well, really the first exposure I had to was when I went to stick flingers, you know, and that was, you know, for me, it was a bow only camp, which is what I was interested in because those guys, you know, had a feel for it. But when I get up there, everybody's shooting the recurve stuff. And, uh, you know, I get my hands on this thing. Mike at the time was shooting a self bow and this thing looked like he put a string on a broomstick and, you know, he was just loving it. He was like, I can only shoot this thing 500 times before the bow's going to break. I got to make a new one. And it's like, wow, that, that guy's really, you know, doing something huh. a little different. And just the element of, of toughness to it kind of, you know, had my appeal. And I got one and I played around with it for a while before I ever had the confidence to actually, you know, go after an animal. Um, but the first animal out was a, was a cougar. You know, and again, it's one of those situations where, you know, you got the dogs working with you and you sort of take, you know, target stationary and, you know, kind of a kind of a way to dip my toe in the water with the recurve stuff, you know, without kind of going full on just, you know, deer woods by myself with it, you know, kind of animal in front of me. I've been practicing and, you know, you know, just kind of get started that way. Um, and from there, it was just, you know, let me see what if I can do this or see if I can do that. And it's, it's just uh, it's progressing, but it's fun. Nice. And then what? On on your recurve, what kind of poundage are you shooting? 50, 49 okay. to 50, 40 and a half, 30. So it's, uh, okay. you know, not overpowered, not underpowered. It's just, you know, that Goldilocks zone, man, right in the middle. Not too hot, not too yeah. hot. Yeah. I, I know some of the guys that are just real diehard trad guys, they, they hunt everything with like a 45-pound bow, it yeah. sounds like. I could, and I could I could lighten it up and be completely fine. Yep. Huh. Yeah, it's Dylan's. Dylan's big into the the trad stuff, so he's been talking about it for a long time. And and it just when you when you're around people who are excited about it, it's easy to get excited about it and start thinking. Exactly. So that's uh, that's one of the things on my list. I might have to have to look into a recurve and do it. And, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It changes the game completely. It just it makes it so much different. Jason, yeah. I was talking with Chuck the other day and. That Oklahoma hunt, me and him are both going to hunt with recurves. So you ought to start practicing. There we'll talk go. this afternoon. We will. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we can't figure <laughs> that out. I'll. Uh, no, I. Uh, w- exactly what you're saying, though. It makes the hunt that much more just. I don't know. Um, natural, if you will. Pure. I, uh, pure. Like last it's year. Last more. year, I had it. I had this deer at 24 yards. And with a compound, you're done. Like that's over. Oh, right. But with my recurve, I, I started to draw back three different times and he would move or jump or turn. And right. I was like, crap. So I let down and then he'd take another step and I'd draw, you know, I'd get 12 inches back and he'd take another step and turn. I'm like, crap. And it just kept happening over and over again. And I'm like, it's just such like it ch- cat and mouse. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It and is. It's just, and it's so much fun. Until I, I did end up last season. I, I missed a, a, giant deer and i got mad and so i pulled out my compound and shot deer the next morning because i was just mad but <laughs> redemption <laughs> like something has to die i mean i gotta, right. up gotta get an arrow sometimes yeah. you just have to punch a tag man there's some there's yeah. some things only get fixed by punching a tag <laughs> right that's right so interesting so you so and chuck's in on that and he's agreed to that He's the one that, that said, I think I'm going to hunt with a recurve on that hunt. And I'm like, well, I am. So that makes two of us. Uh, all right. So what do you guys got coming up this year? You know, I, that's got to be a high. I've, I've got some really good stuff going on. I get to hunt in Wyoming with uh, Bear Track Outfitters, TJ to VG. Oh, there you go. Out. That's going to be a good hunt. Um I've honored with him a couple of years ago. I had a great time. He put me, he put some great bucks in front of me and then I choked and shot a little one. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, that's the only way to say it. Say like walks in. I knew it wasn't the taker. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you throw your 10 power swirls up on something at 19 yards, <laughs> dude, it bigger. looks way bigger. <laughs> he um, thought he was shooting a world record. That's yeah. Great. Because it, like, like, Eric, the difference between you and me is like you watch enough videos to completely understand field judging. And for me, I watched some videos about, you know, how to field judge antelope. And I'm like, oh, you know, apparently the the big ones, you know, they, they don't look as big because there's the mass is really good. Right. You know, that's yeah. that's critical on an antelope. So I'm like, so this little guy walks in. I'm like, oh, man, maybe, maybe he's just 
got more mass, so he looks small because of the no, no, he just was small. <laughs> no, no, he's just small. <laughs> so anyway, but you know, hey, we've all been there. Or, well, that's some something of us I gotta get after more than Eric hasn't been there. Yeah. So that's that's a good one I'm excited about. And then I've got a hunt uh in Montana that if I draw would be a, a deer antelope combo. Um and then we've got, let's see. I usually hunt Wisconsin for a few days during the rut for whitetails and Oklahoma. I mean, I, I get to go spend a few days in camp with Chuck Adams and learn from, learn from one of the best. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Stop killing the blacktail. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you what it's that guy is, you know, I live in, in Oregon in blacktail country, obviously not sick of blacktail, but it's, like people don't realize, I think a lot of folks don't realize that like growing up hunting here, seeing sometimes 50, 50 deer, 50 bucks in a day. And I could count on one hand, maybe on just a few fingers, the number of times I've seen non-typical Columbia blacktails. Really? And so when you start looking at, at really what it takes to go do you know, what he's doing, which is targeting, you know, this last time targeting those non-typicals, it's, it's pretty impressive because they're not, you know, they're just not easy to find. Not hanging off trees? No. And there's, uh, there's just pockets here and there that have them. And, and a lot of, I mean, you can see, I mean, I've seen thousands upon thousands of bucks and, and maybe three non-typicals, nothing that would be record, record class. Right. Just, just little oddball stuff. So it's, I'm yeah, looking forward to after him. I got to get that. I'm still missing out for my deer slams. So I'm trying to put something together for 24, okay. 25. Nothing on the books yet, but it's uh, it's in the works. You have anything this season? What's what's stuff? Uh, the brown bear, for? the brown bear coming up. Uh, I that's might have elk nice. in New Mexico, and um, that's really all I've got right now until 24. And I've got woodland caribou up at Ray's place. Okay. Um, if uh, so, for the really for right now, the goal for me is super ten. Uh, financially, I don't think the super the super slam could ever happen. Um, and as it stands right now, I'm, I'm short the caribou and the sheep. So okay. uh, those are those are the two uh, those are the two I'm missing. So that's, that's those are the goals, you know, short term for now. Uh, you know, I'll keep checking them off. Uh, you know, maybe down the road if, if things change, the super slam might be there. But uh, you know, for now, the super ten's a goal. Yeah, that's great. And it's um, so with your with your bear, have you been watching a lot of the brown bear videos on what you're looking for? You know, you know exactly. I can get my hands on. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm doing reruns at this point, and it's just uh, really I'm just hoping one comes in and give me a shot. You know, because they're notorious for coming in and just looking at you, and then just making a quick move and getting out of there. So hopefully, I just get one that comes in that's you know oblivious enough to the blind that you know he gives me that pocket and it, you know maybe we get a shot off. So we'll yeah. just see. I got eight nights, and uh, those guys are getting it done. So it just I think it's going to happen, but uh, you know just gotta be prepared coming off that last Thule hunt. You know, it's, it's kind of shaky to come off one like that and just, you know, that's the last one in your pocket. So it's uh, right. Right. You know, got to yeah. shake that off and get, you know, get back on the bike, so to speak. And, and hopefully you got to shake off killing a new world record that yeah. must be <laughs> you know, just got to shake it off. off you know? Business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's uh yeah, that's something else. I, I don't know. I haven't had to shake that off yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, so brown bear and, and you're, you're doing that from a ground blind from a ground blind. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things I ask him about the hang-ons and I just can't sit and hang on. I feel like a bear on a tricycle when I'm in a, you know, hang on like that. If it was a ladder yeah. stand, it wouldn't be a problem. But he's like, okay. it's no problem. We've got a ground blind. We'll put you in. I was like, that is absolutely perfect. And, uh, you know, they run a lot of ozonics. So I, you know, I guess they're keeping the scent to a minimum there, which is obviously the biggest concern. But uh, I feel good about it. You know, I do a lot of research when I book these hunts because, uh, you know, I'm not a big money guy that can just, you know, make it rain, you know, when when one doesn't go my way. So I feel like, you know, when I when I put money on a hunt, it's with the guy that I'm going to have the high success rate with. Uh, and for brown bear with a bow, I think it's Jonah. And uh, we're going to see here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, he's been doing stuff with us for a long time. Big, big oh, yeah. PNY. Yeah, he's all over. He's so, all yeah, over. He did. I think it'd be tough to find yeah, he so did one a couple of years ago just for our measures. We we uh we called him up and we said, Hey, we want to do a raffle for our measures. Could you hook us up with a bear hunt? And so he did. Did a bear no hunt just 
just for our measures. That was pretty cool. That's super cool. How they make out? What's that? How they make out? I, you know, I don't know if I ever heard. I that's I, we're terrible about that. We do, you know, <laughs> yeah. fifty hunts a year, sixty hunts a year. All these raffles. Yeah, I'm sure you hunts. could probably lose track pretty quick. And it's just hard. Sometimes you just don't get. We ask right. people, we're like, hey, give us some photos. We'll get them in the magazine. We'll get them on the website. And sometimes we just just don't get them. Just don't connect. Or that, them or, that. or somebody sends us photos, but we never connect the dot. Like, you know, they send us yeah. photos uh, and like shot this bear in Montana last year. And if they were to say, hey, you know, I won this at, a, at an auction or at a raffle, then yeah, it'd be dope. But sometimes they just don't. They're just like, hey, I shot this in Montana last year. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome, dude. Congrats. Cool. You know, and we just never <laughs> right. connected dots. But Next. We, were, yeah. we were walking through uh, Dallas and we had this guy chase us down, literally run us down. And he was like, guys, my boy won a hunt from you guys last year on one of your youth raffles. Yeah. Look at all these photos of these deer he shot. And I'm like, oh, that's my awesome. gosh. Like, he was south, me, from south africa yeah yeah and his son that's super cool thing. yeah yeah he did yeah, he literally cool. chased us for like yeah quite a while in, in the that's uh, awesome that was at sci that was at uh yeah nashville at nashville yeah that was a that was a good show so that's um so if you could pick any any of the 29 species for to just be like, you know, that's the one that I would love to have. Which one would it be? I already got him. It's the goat. Mountain goat. It's the goat? Okay. It's the mountain cool. goat, man. As does the, I don't think one could ever top it. I just, there's something about the goats. I mean, you know, horn-wise, they're just, they're not very impressive, but there's something about a mountain goat. The way he looks, the way they behave, the hunt, like what it takes to get them. Um, yeah. It's just the mountain goat, for sure. It's favorite mount, favorite animal. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to go hunt another one. Uh, you know, probably won't do it, but you know, it's just everything it takes to get him from where he is to where he is now. Yeah. It's just, it's right in my alley. And uh, you know, the That's training cool. that goes into it, the shooting, the mountain goat for sure. That's followed, followed closely by some, some form of sheep, probably stone because they're just, okay. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've never, I mean, I'm not in the right tax bracket to be a sheep hunter and I'm right. not lucky <laughs> enough to draw a tag. So yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice on that one once at some point, but it'll probably be you know retirement age. Yeah, but uh, no. you know I got I got to cross the T's and dot the I's at some point. Yeah, it's there's something neat about them. Like when you're around like the mounts or or things, it's just there's something pretty cool about sheep. And then I got to participate in a study we did with Wild Sheep Foundation and some other partners. Uh, tri-state deal where we put some did some blood testing put some radio collars on some sheep oh that's cool man that's and cool. it's they're they're sure neat creatures you know it's just different than yeah it's just different you know like an elk is big but the sheep they're just you know they're just not a huge animal but where they hang out and and you know the limited access to them is just it i heard them. exactly I heard a story of a guy and the sheep comes off the mountain during the rut and it makes eye contact with the glass doors of their lodge. So it sees his reflection, bust bust through the glass door and wreaks havoc in this lodge. And they had like these big glass, like in the wall, you know, big glass, like one was like a, you know, a sheep mount and one was some ducks flying some other, like, and it, then it kept seeing its reflection in those glass and just ramming that glass and like just oh, tore man. up this lodge. And uh, and so he was like, we need to bring bring in more sheep hunters. <laughs> so no doubt. Sheep. So, wow, dude, they're crazy animals, though. Super cool looking, too. Super cool animals. Yeah, that, I don't know if they're on my list or not. I mean, it'd be great, but there's there's just so many cool things to chase. Yeah, it's all fun. There's so much stuff. Yeah, it's hard to pick one. I mean, it's it's like saying, you know, what's your favorite movie? You know, they all have a little something different, so it's hard to put, you know, your finger on just one. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. What would that be? Would it be Would it be Braveheart or Gladiator? I mean, I, I, how do you pick between those? Two? Ooh, Braveheart depends on the day. 
man, I yeah. had to go to Braveheart, man, because my the first name my family name shows up in history. The first time my family name shows up in history is on a petition to support Robert the Bruce's claim to the throne of Scotland. So that's that's really? pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. That like after cool. he got the the uh, the throne of Scotland, he uh he knighted Alexander de Bethune, and then he married some fancy pants French girl. And there were the Bethunes of Belfort. So we got a town and everything. So yeah, wow. I got to go Braveheart on that one, man. I got a little man. connection to that story. Yeah. That is cool. Highlander blood. I yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I have any towns named after me. Probably not. We got not a fancy a church way. in the whole joint. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if you need any credentials, but after last year, to, if I need some to show that I'm part of the family, I've got them. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start telling stuff. people that I, I, I'm gonna start telling people I know the people that Braveheart was written about. Like <laughs> that's a true like, story. I'm gonna start you telling know people. some people connected to it for sure. That's awesome. Well, we're not gonna say I'm not gonna say that I'm not gonna say they're connected to it. I'm just gonna say straight up, like I know the guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know those dudes. Know that guy. I think he got started. I was yeah. looking up the coat of arms because I was like, you know, I was bored at work. I was like, I'm gonna get a coat of arms tattoo on my chest or something. You know, and our coat of arms it has like otters on it. It's super not cool, but the story's awesome. So I'll take it. Yeah, it is cool. I don't know. Otters are pretty cool. I was fishing last week. Otters are huge. I never knew how big they were until I got to Alaska. And these things are cruising around like six feet long. It's like that dude's oh, enormous. Yeah. I thought they were like my dog. I thought they were like tiny, but no way, man. They're big. Yeah, those sea otters are huge. They That's are. A, hey, listen, I, I fellas, hunting. I'm just I'm getting a low I'm getting a low battery notice here, man. It might dump me here soon. All right, well, we'll we'll get the question in, Eric. Okay, we have to ask everybody. Yep. What's one thing when you find yourself in the Arctic or out in the ground blind chasing brown bears, whatever you're doing, what is one non-traditional item that you like to find in your pack? You just don't want to live without. Non-traditional item? Yeah, something you know it can't be a knife or binoculars. It's got to be something. What's it? Plackers, the little floss things. Must have a, something things. in my teeth. Drives me absolutely bananas. They go on every trip. That and Nexium. Gotta have them. Okay. That and what? Gotcha. What was the what was the second thing? Nexium. Nexium. Ne if I eat, if I eat anything with tomato sauce in it, I'm just breathing lava. It is terrible. Hurts like heck. Still worth it though, worst. isn't it? It's worth yeah. every bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all my favorite food involves tomato sauce. Something, okay, something of the sort for None sure. None of it likes me back. Yeah, yeah. Same, same boat. Well, that's awesome, man. It's uh, We've had a lot of good answers over, over the history of the show. So bacon has been a good one. A lot of snacks. Bacon? Yeah, okay. bacon was a good one. Um, the bacon gets stuck in your teeth. You've got to have the placards to get it out. So you need that. You know, yeah. you've got to have the placards. That's where it all comes back to. Yeah, that's where Uncrustables came from. Yes. Well, the that's where they originally, yeah, Nick Munt brought up Uncrustables, but, you know, it was Conrad Shelley who actually brought Uncrustables to convention. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> that's some dedication. You love your crust. That is some dedication. Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, anyway, well, Eric, hey, man, congratulations on some outstanding trophies and, Thank you and obviously a, a new world's record. That is just amazing i uh, can't wait to see what you send down to arizona in two years man i hope so and i'll definitely catch you guys there because that was a blast and this time i took the family with me so i'll stretch kind of thin trying to keep them entertained because they can only tell me you know, hear me tell the same hunting story so many times but uh yeah, yeah next time we'll definitely be you know more sociable but uh we'll awesome. get there hopefully sounds good cool, why well, i, I well, enjoyed really meeting you guys. and thanks for thanks for jumping on here today quick shout out to uh folks over at Tacticam for sponsoring the podcast. We appreciate you. And uh, Eric, thank you so much. Congratulations. And uh, we'll have to do this again on your next world's record. Absolutely, fellas. I appreciate it. And, uh, best of luck this season, you guys. You too. Awesome, fellas. Later.